0: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Sean Hannity, today at 3 on 710WOR. Now the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show.
3: It is Monday and it is time for the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show, everybody. Thank you for joining us here as we lay it all out for you uh Clay fully recovered after his visit down here to South Florida hanging out we were on uh, the PDB podcast a la- uh, PBD podcast last week and uh, also Dave Rubin show uh so go check those out uh we're we're together for both of those we got a lot of news for all of you um first of all there was uh, a riot in Chicago over the weekend and you know how we told you that there's that mayor who is the worst possible option, uh, for Chicago of all of the, all of the possibilities in the last election because he's the softest on crime. You, you've got to hear what he says after this video went viral of, uh, young people rioting in Chicago over the weekend. Also, Budweiser is floundering right now. Budweiser has now released a new pro-America ad with its iconic Clydesdale mascot they are trying to do everything they can to get back into the good graces of their audience clay uh we're about two
2: minutes away buck i feel like from hey welcome into the clay Travis Buck Sexton show presented by Bud Light the greatest beer for real American heroes in the history like i'm kind of joking but it feels like they have so misstepped that remember back in the day whenever a company did something racist they would suddenly like pay Jesse Jackson's Rainbow Coalition yes. not to not to protest anymore it feels like bud light went so far woke that they're now going to come back to the same people and be like can we please just spend money to advertise our product on your platform that's how desperate they've become
3: there's uh we're going to get into this this ad and and the situation and it's interesting cuz some you've seen some people on the right start to say okay okay Budweiser's had enough. I don't know about I that. I
1: disagree. I disagree.
3: I disagree. So we can uh, we can talk more about that now in just a little bit later on the program. Alex Berenson, by the way, joining us in the third hour of the program today to talk about his lawsuit against the Biden, basically, right? Yeah. The Biden White House and the suppression of his First Amendment rights. We'll also we always like to ask him COVID questions. Hey, remember the vaccine? Remember we're supposed to get shot number seven? What happened to shot number seven? I think I need shots number seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, not so much. I don't think anybody's getting them these days. Um, and then the uh by the way, I I uh, I I want to jump into this actually right now, instead of just laying out. So Clay, uh, the House GOP was leading a hearing today on crime in New York City. Yep. And some just to give folks some stats. Um, and, and then I want you to sort of run with, with the politics of this because I think this is it's critical that this continue to be a message uh, that the GOP hits. We'll get into why, um, but we have, for example, the House hearing on, on crime in New York City, 52% of all felonies were downgraded last year in New York City to misdemeanors. So more than half
2: of felonies. That's Alvin Bragg, who it's worth, we should hammer this every time, Buck. Not only did he drop half of all felonies, he elevated a misdemeanor against Trump to a felony. So that is the exact opposite of basically what he's done with people who are committing actual crimes.
3: So here is, oh, by the way, we have Jim Jordan, actually, who's holding this House Judiciary Committee hearing. Just give you a sense of what he's talking about today and why it is driving the Democrats uh, crazy. Play uh, clip four here.
2: In Bragg's Manhattan, you can resist arrest, deal drugs, obstruct arrest, and even carry a gun to get away with it. And guess what happened under this new policy? More crime. In 2022, Mr. Bragg's first year of district attorney in New York City saw a 23% surge in major crimes. Felony assaults rose 13%, robberies spiked 26%, burglaries in New York City went up 23%, grand larcenies were up 26%, and auto theft increased 32%. Transit crimes surged nearly 30%. Imagine that. You leave criminals on the street, you get more crime.
3: Clay, total crime last year uh was was up substantially. Um and three, this this was one thing they said at the hearing that really stuck with me. There were there have been in New York City, and just remember everybody, if you are in a blue city anywhere in the country, people will talk with and say, Hey Buck, what about Miami? Miami's not a blue city, folks. Miami is Maybe 52% Republican. I have to go check in the most recent, but it's not any deep blue enclave, though. So we're talking 80% plus Democrat. The same thing's happening. Clay, 300 people in New York City were arrested for a total of over 6,000 individual instances of theft.
2: Yep. That was on the front page of the New York Times in the Sunday edition, but because I flagged that too. Uh, I mean, again, the overall shoplifting is up fifty three percent since twenty nineteen, um, and over the past five years, this was from the front page of the New York Times, where even they're writing about it. Shoplifting complaints nearly doubled. They had sixty four thousand shoplifting complaints last year. Buck only thirty four percent of those arrests uh, occurred for those arresting for uh, for those complaints, and people say, okay, well, how does that compare? Even in the New York Times, it says in 2017, 60% of shoplifting complaints were followed by an arrest. And one of the scary things about this in, in the article is they actually interview many of the people owning these shops. And they say shoplifting has gotten so bad and it's also gotten so violent that they're afraid to even stop shoplifters because many of them now are armed with knives and you're worried about potentially getting stabbed to death as we have seen in several different viral bodega related incidents have occurred in basically New York City. You know, it's it's not the
3: job. I mean to to be fair, because I know a lot of people see these videos and you know, we we got a lot of you know, current former law enforcement, current and former military in this audience, you know, guys and gals who will do things to keep people safe and to and to help with law and order, but you know, for the average CVS employee. Yes. Is it really worth it in New York City? It's not your job to tackle a shoplifter to the ground. Now, think about this, right? If you're, see, it's interesting. Remember that, um, I think it was Gibson Bakery in Oberlin. It's a family owned store and there were shoplifters. Yeah. And remember the, the Gibson yeah, Bakery yeah. ended up getting a $30 million payout because Oberlin, uh, university, college, I always forget, but Oberlin, um, lied about them and said that they were racist. But that was a family-owned store. Been in, for, I think, for a few generations. So they weren't going to let someone just walk out stealing stuff. They were actually going to take action. You look in your average CVS in New York. I've been saying this, Clay, for years. It is an embarrassment to New York to LA. I've seen this in other places. That basically everything that's easily resellable on the street or on, you know, Amazon or whatever eBay, is locked down under lock and key. But now what's happened is that people will just steal it anyway. They'll ask the clerk to come over. They'll throw a bunch of stuff in the bag. What's the clerk going to do? Is Are they going to arrest the... It's the job of the police to arrest these people. And by the way, I don't even think the problem is the NYPD, to be very clear. It is the mayor's office that gives them the backing to arrest these people and the prosecutor's
2: office that has to lock them up. And they just won't do it. What's the number one rule of economics? People respond to incentives. That is the underlying number one rule of economics is people will rationally respond to incentives both good and bad. And the incentive structure that has been put in place in many left-wing democrat run cities is if you commit a crime, as even the New York Times is now covering uh and and just using shoplifting as an example, there is virtually no punishment. Fuck, I mean think about the, think about the data on this that Of all, again, they're massively increased. So people out there are like, it's not really that bad. It hasn't really changed. No, in 2017, 60% of shoplifters got arrested. Now it's down to about a third. And as you mentioned, the people that are doing this, just 327 people have been arrested 6,000 times. Six, I mean, so imagine you are a cop. You are arresting someone for shoplifting. Twenty times. How many other times do you just say, you know what? It's not worth it to me to send this guy down because he's going to be right back. And if you work in these shops, I, I I don't blame people at all. Are you going to risk your life to try to keep somebody from taking like Head and Shoulders shampoo or whatever out of your out of your store? No. They have to set the incentive structure and change it.
3: I I always say this. You know, you you take any of these situations, any any you know, self defense or or criminal justice situation. And you make it, you know, a family member or a dear friend. And what would you say to that person? So, because I think that people say, well, you know, the 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 clerks, no, it's actually not the clerk's job. Just Yeah, to call the police, sure. Correct. To catch the shoplifting in that sense, sure. But the police are the ones who are supposed to say, oh, we have this guy on camera. We're going to arrest him. And then prosecutors are supposed to say, this person is now on arrest number 30. They got to do some real time. We got to do, you know, concurrent. We have to do the maximum. We have to do three strikes and you're out. I mean, this is, oh, but by the way, all this stuff, they spent the entire, the early, uh, well, the mid to late 2000s was all spent by Democrats pretending that people are being locked up for, for 40 years for stealing a pair of socks. That's not true. I'm not saying that stuff never happens, but if you base policy, especially criminal justice policy on what is aberrant instead of what is common, you're going to get the disorder and anarchy that we see. Meaning if you, if the one in a million becomes a story that everyone focuses on and they pretend like that's what's happening in the criminal justice system overall no what we see clay is every time something horrible happens and you and i've clay and i have run this experiment in essence on this show something horrible will happen um recently the guy who you know shot the uh the employee of the garage right yeah i'm sure this guy has a you know rap sheet stretching back for you know for years and lots of arrests every time Every time something awful happens, we say, oh, this person's been a criminal for a long time. They've been arrested many, many times, and it's always true, but we're led to believe that the system is unfair, unduly punitive, and
2: racist. It's just not true. In fact, it's virtually unheard of, as you just hammered home, that anybody who's committing a violent act is engaging in that violent act for the very first time when they engage in that violence. And so, look, it all is falling apart. And the question that we asked, and and I bet a lot of people out there saw the viral videos from Chicago from Brandon Johnson of the teenage kids, by and large it appeared, basically running roughshod over the middle of downtown Chicago. And millions of people watched those videos over the weekend. We're talking about the third largest city in America. Things are going to have to get even worse. And we need to start holding people in these cities, unfortunately, accountable. And this is why I said... If you live in Chicago or L.A. or you live in New York City and you have the resources to get your family out, I would leave. And I know a lot of you millions probably across uh, uh, across the country by now since covid have. Right. Uh, the, the data on people just moving from New York City to, to, to Florida by itself is pretty staggering But Florida has added 800,000 people. California has lost 700,000 people just in the last couple of years. Millions of people are making a decision to move, and I don't blame you because I think wherever you are, you're closer to it getting worse than it is better because people aren't making rational decisions yet in those cities. Eventually, Buck, they're all going to have to come back around to we need our own version of Rudy Giuliani. That's the only way this changes. And hopefully we'll get there sooner rather than later. Hopefully we'll get there by 2024 at least. In the meantime, 2,977 people lost their lives on 9-11 22 years ago. That day is still taking lives, however. People are still suffering and dying from 9-11-related illnesses. And a whole new generation knows little to nothing about 9-11. Only two states in our nation mandate K-12 learning That's why Tunnel the Towers 9-11 Institute is giving educators access to nonfiction 9-11 resources for kindergarten to 12th grade that includes full curriculum units built around first-person accounts with scripted social studies lessons, activities, and background info for teachers. Tunnel the Towers Foundation's created a speakers bureau with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. And they built out a mobile exhibit, a high-tech 83-foot tractor-trailer turns into an 1,100-square-foot interactive museum with 9-11 artifacts. To never forget, we must educate future generations. Help Tunnel the Towers educate kids. Join both of us in donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T, T. Dot .org
0: Clay Travis and Buck Sexton
4: Today, here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rapaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture, and a little bit of Rapaport's reality the reality a little of bit. us. We're a figuring little bit. out, and if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been Ooh, would have the, been the been podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn.
1: Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to more than a movie as part of the My Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Clay and Buck going strong here. Coming up in a few minutes, our friend Alex Berenson will be with us. He of a uh, sub and being right about pretty much everything, uh, about covid fame um he has uh, a couple books out too but we'll talk to him about his lawsuit against the biden administration for suppressing his free speech rights um also interesting that uh we'll get to this in a moment elon musk came out and said and this is tucker's airing this interview tonight i'm gonna watch it uh it's going you know, i'm sure it's gonna be really interesting elon and tucker uh two fascinating uh, individuals who are doing a lot i think for free speech in this country and just free really free thought in this country uh, in general, um, but uh, there's a little preview clip out from Tucker's show that we want to get to in in a moment of where he says that. Well, what is the government? What kind of access was the government giving to people on Twitter before Elon? It's like pre-Elon. P.E. Um, we'll get into that in just a second. Um, but we've got. I uh, want to hear from all of you. We've got phone calls coming in. Also, our VIP emails. Here's one, by the way. Subscribe at ClayandBuck.com. And this one comes from Chris. Have you heard about multiple car manufacturers not installing AM radio? There was an article that said they will not be installing AM and how this will impact conservative talk shows and limit the conservative message. I view this as a way for liberals to silence the conservative movement and message. Please look into it. Thank you from our VIP Chris. Uh, Chris, we are all over this. It is really important. It's obviously very important to us, but it's important to the conservative movement and honestly to all Americans, because there's a big safety component of this. Clay dealt with it himself recently, but I just want to want to tell you that, I mean, you've got 80 million Americans who depend on AM radio every month. So people are listening to baseball games, monitoring weather, uh, listening to shows like this one. I mean, Clay, when you were driving into Fort Lauderdale last week and you were trying to figure out what's going on with the weather, where were you looking for the real time updates?
2: I was hitting on my uh, AM dial trying to figure out what was going on because again for people who were in south florida and experienced it this is the most rain that any part of florida has gotten in a 24-hour period in the history of uh, of any kind of records and so i was going along fine and you know i rely on ways and i rely on google maps to try to get me around the best way that they can But the flash floods hit so fast in fort lauderdale That Waze and also the Google Maps were completely worthless. I've never been in a situation like that before where, and I think I told you on Friday or or last week, it reminded me a little bit of The Office where Michael Scott's character is being told by a Garmin in his car, just keep driving right into the lake, (laughs) and he drives directly into the lake. That's how rapidly the water came up. I couldn't get to my hotel. And so I legitimately put it on the AM dial and started rotating it around to try to get emergency updates on what was going on. If I hadn't had an AM dial, I would have been screwed.
3: I mean, AM is still the backbone of the emergency alert system in this country, everybody. Uh, there's a reason why, as I said, in, in all the zombie apocalypse movies, when everything else is gone, when your cell phone yeah. doesn't work, when the power's down, when you got all the... AM radio is there. It is the baseline mass communication tool. I mean, FEMA and first responders across the country rely heavily on AM radio for our public warnings to be delivered in emergencies. That's because AM's reach is unmatched, and it's free. So, look, you can actually do something to stop this, and obviously this show is asking you to mobilize as much as you can. Text uh, AM to 52886 And tell Congress that, look, we need to have AM radio in cars and trucks. Again, mobilize for us, team. Text AM to 52886. Tell your congressman that we need AM radio in cars and trucks. Like I said, we need it for safety and we need it for free speech. We need it so that there's actually a place where we can continue to do the conversations like we're having here. I mean, think of the decades that what Rush meant for the conservative movement was only possible because of AM radio. right? Rush kept AM radio uh, going in a way that had enormous uh, impact on the country for decades, and it can have impact for decades to come, but can't have these car companies deciding for just frivolous reasons to get rid of it. So I think it's really important, Clay, that um, we, we focus in on the safety reasons to have AM and also the free speech reasons to have
2: AM. No doubt, um, and imagine what the reaction would be if, something left wing was getting shut down uh they would be up in arms over the fact that it's occurring
3: look at how upset npr got recently over being labeled which is just a statement of fact it is publicly funded media npr and pbs very upset over this which brings me to elon and you know you know what's nice about am radio it's it's going out over the radio waves and you're hearing what's being said here on the show you know what the problem is with a lot of these digital services and apps, especially the free ones, Google and YouTube and all this stuff? Uh, a lot of manipulation going on. This is from that Tucker interview we mentioned. Listen to this preview clip where they talk about, for those who aren't on Twitter, there's, there's, you know, the tweets that everyone sees. There's DM, direct message, like a text message via Twitter. Listen to what the government had. Play this.
4: The degree to which uh,
0: various government agencies had effectively had full access. To everything that was going on on twitter uh, blew my mind um, i was not aware of that would that include people's dms uh yes
3: the government had unfettered access effectively if it wanted it, it could get it easily just reach out to their twitter intermediary it seems clay and they could see your dms think about think about what that means for journalists who are contacting sources for example People that think they can reach out confidentially via Twitter before Elon wasn't confidential in the least. Big Brother was watching all of it.
2: Do you just presume, because I do, that somebody has access to every text message that I send? Yes. Right? I mean, I I just, and I've thought that for a long time about DMs, that they probably have access to them and... That is staggering the amount of information that theoretically your government is taking of your private information on a day-to-day basis. I mean, it truly is. Nothing nothing online these days is truly
3: private. That's the reality, especially given the technological uh it's one thing when the government comes up with end runs, you know, oh, we have a way of hacking the encryption or yeah. getting around. That's a big part of it. But in the case of Twitter, and by the way, same thing's going on at Facebook, same thing's going on at YouTube. It's oh there's a democrat in power in the white house whatever you guys need you want to see this stuff you want us to shut down this person kind of like what they did to our friend alex berenson who is coming up here in a few minutes to talk about what does it mean when the federal government when the biden white house when the most powerful government entity in the world decides that you don't have free speech rights he's suing and we'll talk to him in a minute Welcome back to Clay and Buck. If you want to chat with us, eight hundred two eight two two eight eight two. And don't forget, you can email us directly. Uh, become a VIP. Go to ClayandBuck.com and uh, sign up as a VIP, and we'll be reading your emails every day. Um, and uh, do give us a call on the lines. We'll get to you at the uh, back of this hour. Now, um, when we say we're going to we're going to stay on something, we do. And when there is a um, a case with a, with an open question. Or when there's information that the public still deserves to have and hasn't gotten it, uh, we want to continue to raise the alarm over what seemed to be politicized reasons for the suppression of the information that the public deserves to have. Clay had just mentioned a moment ago before we gave, got into a quick commercial break. There, the motive, uh, or sorry, the manifesto and the motive in the Nashville. Uh, the Nashville school shooting that happened—it has been uh, over two weeks. We're going on three weeks now since the shooting at Nash at a Christian school in Nashville. And this is from NBC News, for example. This just the last uh, couple of days. Investigators have not identified a clear motive uh, in the attacker's journal writings. Authors have not provided any details publicly to back up their early suggestion. Uh, that the shooter may have felt resentment toward this school. I'm sorry, authorities. I say authorities have not provided any details publicly um, for uh, the that situation. Okay, here's the point of all of this. If they're having so much difficulty figuring out what the motive is, well then, why don't they just release the manifesto and people can see for themselves, because the whole purpose of the manifesto was apparently to tell everybody why this person did this thing. Now, it is possible... That it will be just the, the sheer maniacal scribblings of a homicidal lunatic. Obviously, yes. that's very likely at some level. There may not be much clarity from the perspective of, of motive with all of this, but what could be the possible justification at this point for the manifesto to still be withheld from the public? Uh, we are able to discern what is you uh, know, what is likely to be true or untrue in a situation like this based on the manifesto. And uh, Clay and I were just going back and forth on this in the break. Uh, Glenn Greenwald, who it, it's it's amazing. Glenn Greenwald's um, uh, at, at this point, his brand is to do the things that journalists pretend that they want to do. That's really it. He's not a man of the right. He's actually a man of the left, but he has principles. He has ideas. Of what journalism means, and he pursues them, whether it you know affects the right, the left, or whatever. It's it's quite a statement on journalism today that that is such a brand uh, identifier, right? That that oh my god, Glenn, uh, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald. You mean the guy who wants to get information to the public that may shine light on things that the powerful or whomever doesn't want people to know? Yeah, I thought that's what all journalists are supposed to do. He put this out here. We've spoken with two major law firms—this was on Twitter—in Nashville, who said they'd say uh, send retainer letters to represent a suing the FBI and the Nashville Police Department to obtain the manifesto of the Nashville shooter, only to back out at the last second. The political pressures are intense. We should see it. Well, obviously, Clay and I agree that we should see it. But on that point of political pressure, folks, this is the FBI which means that this is the Biden White House, which means that this is the Democrats at the highest level making some determination. You think the FBI director is making this call? No, no. FBI director spoke to Joe Biden directly about this issue. I can assure you of that. There's not going to be a record of it, but that has happened. Because, Clay, what could be the possible rationale at this point? Three weeks going to go by? Four weeks going to go by? It
2: is three weeks today. Three weeks so it was 21 second. days ago that this shooting, six innocent lives were taken in my hometown of Nashville. Three nine-year-olds, three employees of this religious school. And we still have not heard anything about exactly what this homicidal maniac wrote relating to her motivation. And I know many of you out there have the exact same feeling that I do, where you just don't trust the FBI. I have asked questions because this is my hometown. And what I have been told is the FBI is keeping this manifesto from being released. Uh, So if that is true, it makes it even more imperative that we get to see this. And I would just point out, whenever a shooting doesn't seem to fit the left-wing narrative, the shooter is not who Merrick Garland and Joe Biden want it to be. Isn't it amazing how there never can be a motive uncovered? I I, I just want all of you out there to think about that for a moment. It certainly does feel like when we may well have had a hate crime directed at Christians by a trans individual who may have been acting out upon recent legislation that was passed in Tennessee. I don't like to name shooters. I don't like to give them immense amounts of attention. So I understand if the argument was, hey, this manifesto is going to encourage other aspects of violence, at least tell us that. But I frankly don't trust the FBI. We need to see everything.
3: That's the point here. They're not even feeling like they have an obligation to explain in any way the suppression. And and if there are details, if there's information, you know, obviously, if this person had other targets and wrote about their, you know, where they're going to find them and their, you know, their home address. Yes. Of course, there's some, you know, we, we could, we could all understand that, right? But in terms of the motivation, suppression of the motivation can only be for political reasons. There's no other reason to suppress the motivation or us understanding the motivation for why a person would do this. And, you know, for if it was, if we don't know, but let's just for the purpose of discussion now, if this in any way tied to uh the legislation passed in Tennessee about you know transgender surgery etc for for uh, minors there is no question that this person this mass mass murderer and murder of children would be a trans terrorist acting out in a radicalized fashion in you know in the name of the trans agenda in a similar fashion to what you would see with people that are uh You know, if someone is a white nationalist, or if someone is Al Qaeda, or if somebody's acting on a belief basis that they need to commit murder and an act of terrorism in this way because of something politically they don't like, obviously they're a terrorist. Yes, and then we don't, and then once once you establish that, you might say, are there any other acts of similar terrorism that have occurred? You know, we've seen some averted mass shootings by individuals who identify as non-binary or trans recently. So that's certainly one possible reason why there's such a clear effort to suppress the release of this information or, or even just give us, you know, Clay, I think one of the reasons they won't just give us a little bit on the motive is that they, you know, one, once they start that, people would say, okay, well, hold on a second. They can't lie to us about that because if it ever comes out that they lied, then we'll see the politics involved and there's no, There's no rational basis for this, from what I can see, to hold this information back.
2: Especially not after three weeks. If they had held it for a week, if they had conducted a behind-the-scenes investigation for some short period of time, but for the FBI to have this for three weeks and for Glenn Greenwald to be unable to get Nashville-area lawyers to represent him because of the incredible political pressure surrounding this. Remember, Nashville's a red state. Um, and we have a, a we have a Republican governor, we have two Republican senators, we have eight Republican Congress uh, members who are all Republicans. i I think increasingly it may become necessary for them to start to lend their weight behind the release of this manifesto as well. And uh, certainly unfortunately we've got Joe Biden at the top of the FBI. But I, along with many of you, am incredibly skeptical of the information that the FBI is willing to share. And let me just put it to you this way for everybody out there listening to us right now. If this had been a deranged right wing lunatic MAGA supporter, do you think the FBI would still have refused to release whatever his or her manifesto might say 21 days after the fact? Or do you think they would have had a way to get it out either to the New York Times, Washington Post or directly to the American public? Is there any
3: chance that the Biden uh, White House, I mean, Joe Biden himself, wouldn't have gone to Tennessee, to Nashville, Right away. The fact that Joe Biden, little kids were murdered by this psychopath at their school, at this Christian school in Nashville. Joe Biden didn't think that. And of course, three adults also murdered, murdered as well. That's not a moment where the president can come and and show up and stand in solidarity and talk about healing in the community. He's done it for other far less important things countless times during his administration. Couldn't make the time on the schedule for this one? I think we all know why. I think the Democrats are very sensitive to making certain mental illnesses fashionable and elevated can come with consequences that people do not necessarily anticipate until they happen.
2: How about it's even worse than that, Buck? Kamala Harris actually came to town and met with the representatives who got kicked out of the Tennessee House. For only a couple of days, those guys were out. She was on the ground in Nashville to meet and host a rally with those Democrat politicians. She couldn't find time while she was in the city of Nashville, to meet with any of the families of the six people who were murdered at that high school, at that elementary
3: school. Why haven't they been asked about this? I mean, I know we put it out, and maybe I'll, uh, you know, I want to ask some of the journalists who actually do the journalism thing in the White House Press Corps. There's only a couple of them. Can, Can someone please ask why they didn't have time? Why didn't Kamala have time? Why didn't Joe Biden have time for the families of... The, uh, the murdered children and murdered uh, employees of that school. I, I want to know what the answer is. I'd like to get on the... I, you know, Corinne Jean-Pierre should have to state why those families weren't worthy of a visit from the president under the circumstances, given all the other times he showed up to express solidarity and healing.
2: What's different? It, it's fantastic. Unfortunately, if you go back and listen to the transcripts or listen to the the audio of the show and check out the transcripts. I told you there was no way Joe Biden would be coming because it doesn't fit his narrative. The guy who ran on the campaign of, I'm going to try to unify America won't stand with six victims of an elementary school shooting because to do so would draw attention to the fact that it was a crazy maniacal trans shooter who may have been in some way impacted by Democrat rhetoric on trans issues. We don't know because we haven't seen the manifesto. If you're in search of a great pair of slippers to replace the slightly worn-out pair you own today, check out the massive closeout sale at MyPillow.com. Second best product of all time in terms of sales, the my slippers Discounted now to just $25 a pair, down 80% from their regular price of $149.98. At some point, these are all going to be gone, even though they've put a 10-pair uh, order cap. My wife has ordered them. Your wife will love them. Great gift. You know, it's not that far to Mother's Day. The My Slippers from MyPillow, constructed with a four-layer design, you won't find in any other slipper. They are so comfortable. You can wear them both indoors and outdoors. Heck, you can even do what my wife does and sometimes sleep in them. Go online, MyPillow.com. Look at the radio specials box. Click on that. Use our names, Clay and Buck, as the promo code. To get the twenty-five dollar price point, that's more than a hundred and twenty dollars off per pair. Remember, limit of ten pairs at checkout. Enter the promo code Clay and Buck today. You can also call eight hundred seven nine two thirty two sixty nine for this offer.
0: The Clay and Buck Podcast, deep dives with cool content. Surprise guests. Get it all on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.
4: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast.
1: With a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumeto, and each week I'm gonna talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
0: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny,
1: the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega, you had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic, and then Carvin and Juni.
2: Welcome back in Clay Travis Buck Sexton show appreciate all of you hanging out with us. I hope you're having a fantastic start to your week. We certainly appreciate all of you hanging out with us. I spent the weekend mostly at the ballpark as I know many of you with young kids might well be doing with baseball season officially underway mentioned earlier uh, got to hang out with President Trump and introduce him to the two youngest boys in uh, in my household. We'd already been to the Oval Office, which is pretty awesome with my oldest uh, to do an interview without kick back in the day. Uh, And Buck, I have to say, we finished off Friday's show with an email from Phyllis, one of our VIPs, saying that she thought you would be much more handsome if you took your beard off. And I was stunned as I sat down today, and some of you watching on the VIP feed may well have already seen this, Buck Sexton, now beardless for the first time in the two year. You haven't had the beard off during the radio show since we started together, have you? Whatever. No,
3: I don't, not that I can recall. I mean, whatever Phyllis wants, Phyllis gets. Um, and, and really, I asked Carrie, uh, my wife, after we had that discussion on the show, said, honey, what do you think? You know, it's been about, I think I've had a beard for four or five years, straight. And she's like, give it a shot, so we'll see. Um, I'm probably going to get carded a lot more now, trying to get look alcohol. way younger,
2: yeah. way younger without
3: a beard. I know. People are going to be like, wait a second, hold on, young man. Uh, but yeah, so I got to say, it's uh, with with the heat down here in South Florida, it's very, uh, it's very oh very this, were, this
2: was the, like you were feeling too flushed with the beard, given how warm it is, as you're getting yeah, ready for get summer in scratchy. South Florida.
3: You get a little scratchy sometimes, you know what I mean. I'm Especially curious was,
2: how you're going to handle the extreme southern heat because you moved down. When did you move down? Like late October, right? In the, in the well, I moved
3: down when everybody loves to be in South Florida, which is when it's starting to get cold everywhere else. But yeah,
2: and you can look at the weather out your window and kind of taunt everybody. That's like the big Miami thing, right? The South Florida thing. Everybody wants to know how bad is the weather where you are when it's December and it's January and February. Yes, but I believe you still there's still have some... no suntan. So there's... you've basically whoa, whoa, been out work. hey, hey I'm working at
3: all. on it. You I spend a lot of time indoors when the sun is out doing a little radio show, sir. So, you know, I'm not on vacation down here.
2: I um was watching this during the commercial break. I was uh, playing this Bud Light advertisement. We're going to talk about it when we come back. And I do think it's an interesting question. Can you remember, Buck? And I'll I'll toss this out for our audience too, 800-282-2882. I don't know that I remember a brand. I was in the middle of the NFL during the Kaepernick thing when everybody started taking a knee. It's the only thing I can compare it to. But the NFL is fortunate because there isn't any other high-level pro football, really. And I understand you USFL is going on, the XFL is going on. But nobody out there is like, you know, I used to be a Philadelphia Eagles fan, but now I'm a huge fan of, I don't know, the Birmingham Barons. Like, that doesn't happen, right? So I'm curious. I can't think, whereas Bud Light is basically fungible, right? I, I, I've said for a long time, I don't think the average person, if you blindfolded them, could be like, oh, that's Bud Light, that's Coors Light, that's uh, Miller Light, right? The difference between the light beers is relatively inconsequential. I think that they're taking this on the chin, unlike any brand that I can remember in recent memory. And what I would encourage you all to do is keep up the steam, pour more on, let Bud Light have it. I'm not saying stop drinking beer. There's lots of other beer options you can choose. But I think you need to send a message to Bud Light, not only to Bud Light, but you need every marketing department in the country that in any way relies on normal people to consume its product, to be thinking, I don't want us to ever get Bud Lighted. We're not going to make the same mistake.
3: I think it's also true that people have seen now the game is very different than it used to be with the way that the left could just get companies to freak out right away and people would apologize. Apologies, unless you actually think you messed up, right? Unless you're like, look, I I shouldn't have, and, and, and you believe that personally apologizing to the left wing woke cancel mob only makes things worse for you right away it, it never 100% actually, 100% so when it comes to brands as well you know most of the time if they just don't freak out because there's usually a couple of losers who are pretending oh the whole the whole country is upset about this the whole country doesn't care actually the whole country doesn't care but the other side of this is that when you actually so that's when the left is trying to you know put pressure on You know, name a big company. The other side of this, though, is if you spit in the face of your core customer, that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea.
2: We come back. We'll take some of your calls. Maybe you are experiencing the Bud Light response. Maybe you run a bar. Maybe you deliver Bud Light and you're not seeing it get consumed in gas stations at the same level it might have before. I'd be interested to hear from people what their experience on this looks like. Uh, 800-282-2882. We're also going to talk a little bit about the Fox News lawsuit, which is scheduled to start tomorrow. I'll put on my lawyer hat, break down what exactly is going on in the Fox News Dominion lawsuit. And at the top of the third hour, we're going to be joined by Alex Berenson to talk about his lawsuit against Joe Biden, uh, the Pfizer CEO, Albert Borla, and many others relating to him being taken off of Twitter All that still to come. Appreciate all y'all hanging out with us on a great Monday.